This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host. Welcome, everyone. This is the Meaningful Sport Podcast, and I am your host, Nora Ronkainen. Meaningful Sport is a series of discussions on the why and how involvement in sport and physical activity can be an important part of a life worth living. If you are interested in the theme, you might also want to check out MeaningfulSport.com. There you can find podcast show notes, read a blog, and access many resources for further explorations of Meaningful Sport. Welcome back to the second part of our conversation with Dr. Aisha Yemishigil on the topic of purpose in life and physical activity. Aisha is a postdoc research fellow at the Human Flourishing Program at Harvard University. She has explored various topics in relation to meaning, purpose, working lives, retirement, and as the special interest for our podcast, also physical activity. So welcome back to the podcast, Aisha. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. I'm excited for the second part. Fantastic. So we kind of saved your, you gave a nice overview of the various topics that you worked on and very exciting empirical findings in relation to retirement and purpose in life, as well as meaningful work. So I really encourage everyone to go and uh, listen to the first part. But for the second part, we have saved your work on physical activity and purpose in life. And you mentioned that it was the first study that you have published. So maybe give us a little overview of, or the story behind the research. Where did this idea come from? Yes, so um, the original idea was during my master's, uh, when I was doing my master's, and uh, I was really interested in the motivational health implications of sense of purpose in life. Um, p- potentially related to the story, my story that I shared. Uh, it wasn't as explicit in my head, but I, I guess I see the pattern now looking backwards. Um, but at, at that time, I was actually focused on obesity uh, because there was a, a crisis of obesity. It was very much in the media, and uh, and I cared that my research is relevant uh, for the problems that we have in our societies. Uh, so uh, I wanted to look uh, at the relationship between obesity and how much sense of purpose in life could predict uh, lower chances of obesity. That was that was my dissertation, and there were some findings there. Uh, there was a link such that people who reported greater sense of purpose were less likely to uh, report obesity or uh, but at the same time I the the findings weren't so rigorous so they they did have they did hold but uh, they didn't hold under too many specifications so there is a relationship but it wasn't very robust so I started to think a little bit okay obesity it's a it was kind of natural for me to think about physical activity as a behavioral manifestation of obesity or uh, even the solution potentially um, so that's when so I migrated to that question from obesity to think, okay, but could it be maybe that sense of purpose in life um, is related to higher rates of activity? And maybe that could explain why there was a p- 
positive association. Um, at, so, and then I did that research as the first project in my dissertation on sense of purpose in life. That was the, that was the story behind. And, and I think actually maybe for if there are any researchers who are studying, uh, because it was my first project, it was also the most painful of all projects and a uh, number of times it got rejected and <laughs> countless uh, times. And it was under review for years. And, uh, and I was almost thinking like by the time when I started, it was a very original question, but by the time it was going to published. It was almost not original anymore because so many researchers have asked the same question and find answers. And um, so that's the true story behind the research. But uh, one good thing is that during the review process, uh, we started to think a little bit about the opposite pathway. Uh, rather than purpose predicting activity, we started to ask, okay, but activity could also predict sense of purpose in life. And I think that opened up a more like a novel way of thinking about them, a bit more original contribution than the previous one, at least at that time. And, uh, and by the time uh, that it finally was published, uh, and many people also agreed with us in the sense that they found we were surprised to find that reverse pathway from activity to purpose. And, uh, and I think a lot of people were also moved by that idea. <laughs> mm -hmm. So maybe we can talk a little bit more about that pathway. So yeah, what are your thoughts on it's more speculative? What, what mm -hmm. could it mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, so in this research, just to give like an overview of it as well, that we looked at uh, two large scale samples and longitudinal data sets. So people were tracked over time, over four to nine years in these two different samples. And both of these samples are from the US, so American adults, older American adults mostly. Uh, and uh, what we found was that uh, people who reported a higher sense of purpose in life were more likely to be active uh, four to nine years after. And it's important to note here that we controlled for their baseline levels of activity. So it was more measuring the rates of increase in activity over time. Uh, so in that sense, it's also more rigorous than just showing correlations because controlling for the baseline activity uh, tackles a lot of the potential biases it may, uh, we may have in the findings. And at the same time, when we looked at the reverse pathway, we found that people who reported higher uh, frequency of activity participation were more likely to show increases in sense of purpose in life over time. So that was the, the main finding that we had. And uh, why why that reverse pathway may be occurring? And uh, we did draw a lot from qualitative studies, actually. Like uh, mm -hmm. maybe <laughs> maybe you may you may know them as well, Nora. And these qualitative interviews were with um, older people, active older people. And uh, what they were talking about is that most of the time when people are describing why they exercise in old age, they were mentioning a lot of mechanisms related to meaning and purpose. They were saying exercise provides a community because it gives them goals and something to look forward to. And it makes their 
it gives them a feeling that they're spending their time on this life on worthwhile things, rewarding, meaningful things. And that idea also seemed to reinforce that they come back to exercise. So they maintain the exercise. So these qualitative studies provided us some uh, theoretical foundation of why it might be that activity leads to leads to purpose. And we were surprised because most of the time, and if you look at all the advertisements, we have promotional activities we have about exercise. They all tend to emphasize health benefits, right? They yes. say, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you know this better. And uh, they always talk about if you exercise more, you will live longer, uh, less chance of heart attack, disease so lots of benefits they're all based on evidence and very beneficial and also sometimes mood benefits as well like to feel good the the high that comes from exercise people are talking about that so these are the ways that most common ways um if you agree that we we talk about exercise and Mm -hmm. we never we rarely talk about it as like a source of meaning and purpose but I think uh, these reasons that having meaningful goals to look forward to, having a community to uh, to be a part of and to uh, expect that expectation, that anticipation of being part of that community every time we are committing to exercise. Uh, all of these factors are related to how exercise organizes our lives, gives us meaningful goals, uh, and therefore gives us a sense of meaning and purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done a little bit of work on masters athletes as well, or, or veteran athletes, and I mean, it's still it's been around for some decades, but it's still fairly new, and it's in a way, I guess, challenges the negative stereotypes about aging that aging is about decline and how people in later life can take up also sport in a form of competitions mm-hmm. and pursuing goals and and so on. So I wonder in your study, I read it and you had a broad definition of physical activity, including all gar- also gardening and those kind of things. So did you look into the difference in terms of if you're doing more of this daily physical activity as opposed to more vigorous activity or the sports type of activity? Did you look into that at all? We didn't distinguish it. We uh, assessed moderate and vigorous physical activity as as one, mm-hmm. and uh, we did distinguish them. Like we had looked moderate activity only and vigorous activity only, and uh, the results were similar. But we didn't have, um, if I understand correctly, like more light activity, daily activity. Yeah. Am I correct? Yes. Yeah. We didn't yes. look at. We didn't look at that. Um, although some, let me remember, some of the questions are uh, in the moderate activity, stretching exercises, walking at a moderate pace, gardening, cleaning the car. That's kind of the the moderate activity. So maybe they do capture the light exercise yeah. that you have in mm-hmm. mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. or kind of non-exercise that it's something when you clean your car, you are not intending maybe to get the work out for yourself. Yeah. 
Exactly. And in our uh, second data set, uh, midlife in the US, the first one is health and retirement study. And the second one is midlife in the US. And there it's uh, also they're addressing different domains of activity, uh, different seasons, for example. Uh, let me see. Let me I have to remember that. But um, there it's because the activity could occur at work, at home, as leisure. So they're distinguishing those different aspects as well. So kind of the measure melts, um, melts these different ways of, of being active in a way. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you are very right in the sense of the the relevance for veteran uh, populations, and maybe it's also important to emphasize that in this research, the our age groups uh, we had a we had midlife and older adults. So in our main sample, the average age was sixty eight, and in our secondary sample, the average age was fifty six. So it was it was an older sample, and I'm. I would be curious if there would be differences if we had a younger sample and how do these uh, the relationships would change there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we started talking about this health messages of you should be physically active to improve your health. And this is the dominant way that exercise, physical activity, recreational sports is now being promoted to people and so many sport scholars especially philosophers of sport would be not very happy with that in terms of considering exercise and physical activity merely in instrumental terms mm. to prevent us from dying sooner but to instead to focus on those meaningful parts of physical activity that are worthwhile in themselves mm. so i think your your study is talking mm. towards the same line of same line of thinking exactly it is finding the intrinsically motivating parts in activity it's this distinction is really interesting i mean there aren't not so many studies i mean yours is the first larger scale quantitative study that i have seen that has focused on purpose instead yeah. of improved health in in these more medical terms yeah. so have you you mentioned some of those qualitative studies so those exist but are you aware of other quantitative work in this area no not that i but maybe after after our paper um some may have started to think about it that way but no not that I know off, off the top of my head, really. And you mentioned this kind of social element and something to mm. look forward to being part of that purpose or physical activity contributing to a sense of purpose. Was this something that you were able to distinguish in your own study or is it more that comes from the qualitative work? It's the qualitative work. There, There is, I think, there are a lot of ways we could build in on this data and one way is to really like you say the, to distinguish why we are seeing this is it uh is that are there differences across these individuals uh in the sense that they're more likely to think of exercise as uh 
social or like what exactly is it that they are looking forward to <laughs> or how how exactly does exercise uh, be become a source of purpose in the qualitative studies it's even sometimes animals like uh, there are there were quite a few uh, people who reported in interviews that just having a walk with their dog as a is it such a source of meaning and purpose for themselves so even that maybe want to include the animals into the mix of how social exercise can be uh -huh. but um unfortunately we didn't we didn't test it and I'm thinking if I've seen anything on this, but it's hard to measure because we are using publicly available data and there aren't that many detailed questions of how people think of exercise um, mm -hmm. in that way. So we need new, uh, new measures and uh, we also have to rely on qualitative interviews to answer some of these deeper mechanisms. Yeah. So we are lacking some of the instruments, some of the questionnaires to to do this work. Exactly. That's uh, very true. Uh, because to do rigorous work, we need a large sample, representative sample, longitudinal data. So it's uh, people tracked over time, which is quite difficult to manage logistically. Uh, and at the same time, the survey can be burdensome. So there's only... A few number of questions that can go into a single survey mm -hmm. uh, so what I this results that. in yeah. is yeah mm -hmm. so what this results in is that we don't have that many good evidence uh, that can provide deeper nuanced measurements of what's going on in most of the studies which also brings me maybe this is a little bit of like a promotion but uh there is now uh the program that I'm part of the human flourishing program uh they they've undertaken this uh mega scale data collection process that just came out yesterday so it's uh, fresh in my memory as well but it's global flourishing study so uh it's going to collect longitudinal data uh about more than 20 countries all around the world on a wide range of outcome related to spirituality religion and flourishing and uh, and i think the reason it it's going to address this need to have rigorous and representative data from around the world yes that sounds very exciting my question is is there anything in this global survey that relates to physical activity yeah i i don't know what, what exactly the finally chosen questions were uh need to check but yeah i'm curious i'll be curious too i haven't seen the final version myself yes but your research center the work that is being done there sounds very exciting. Have you had discussions with your colleagues or in terms of this line on researching physical activity as a part of living a life with purpose and meaning? Is there any kind of, does it resonate with people or do you see that maybe first, do you see yourself continuing that or do you see interest that maybe somebody else will pick it up and, and continue? I'm sure there will be more research building on this um, because it, it opens up like new important questions like the one you mentioned, why, like how exactly uh, exercise can lead to meaning and also for whom, right? Is it, it's just tying it back to what, what we've discussed. Uh, is it people who are, uh, like for someone who is 
re reporting the lowest of the lowest sense of purpose in life can they is it realistic for them to expect to pick up activity and to get into this upward spiral of uh, purpose and activity right so it's like for whom this effect is most uh, important are, are we talking about people who are in the middle of the purpose distribution or are we talking about people at the top or at the lower so looking at looking at those uh, and also for younger younger adults because uh, it is possible that um, the way we approach physical activity how much we think of it as a source of pleasure or meaning or even other instrumental outcomes maybe there is a developmental trajectory in the sense that uh, this is just a hypothesis but uh, we know from uh, aging research that older adults search for meaning and purpose and they are their tendency for meaning making is higher uh, not really search but they they enjoy meaning making they seek meaning making they want to make meaning part of their lives which is a more um, like late life phenomenon and uh, at the same time so it is possible that this finding is is really true for midlife and older adults, but not necessarily younger groups who have other other priorities uh, in life. They are looking for meaning in other places, potentially work uh, at, a, at a younger age, especially. Um, so there are many interesting questions uh, in that. And I would be very curious about the individual differences as well in how people approach exercise. Yes. Mm -hmm. In the first part, you mentioned about your work that also looks at this, or if not everybody has equal access to meaningful work. Mm -hmm. And there's a recent paper in the philosophy of sport that talks about sport as a part of meaningful life. And that's by mm -hmm. Professor Gunnar Breivik. And he's a little bit mm -hmm. speculating on whether there could be a, some kind of compensatory effect in terms mm. of that maybe your work is purposing uh, has a certain type of meaning that it serves a certain purpose whereas then in your free time in your leisure activities in your sport and exercise that could maybe then serve a different type of some ways complementary purpose mm. or maybe we can think of if you don't find high meaning in work maybe then it will be your leisure activities, such as sport, that, mm. that become the central uh, doma domain for deriving meaning. I think I've seen some paper that was about unanswered callings, where people then, when they couldn't express their calling in their work, in their paid work, they would then pursue it in their free time. So I remember reading something like that, <laughs> It might be a couple of years ago already, so I can't remember the authors. But I just wonder whether mm. this kind of compensatory effect, does mm. it fit anyway with your work, that kind of idea? Yeah, this is, I, I think there is some alignment. I love this hypothesis and theory, and I think uh, we need more data to test that because it is, it's quite plausible. One thing is that we've observed is that people are quite agile in finding new sources of meaning. They, uh, this was the case even at the early on in the pandemic where everyone was thinking, expecting that we would find this huge drop in meaning because you know things stopped and no people picked up so many new activities that were meaningful and that was shocking in some of our studies because we were we were collecting this data of uh 
like trying to identify activities people engage in. <laughs> in fact, it is quite funny because we thought that by asking people what are they, some of the daily activities that they're engaged in uh, during the pandemic, we used it as a condition which we thought was going to be either neutral or negative. We were comparing it to some other comp uh, condition. And but people have wrote so many meaningful things, despite us not even having a prompt of mean, like we didn't ask, let talk us about meaningful activities. We said, what were you doing? And uh, <laughs> so our experiment failed because uh, the condition was not negative or neutral. It was extremely meaningful and positive. And then also some of our research early on, like looking at different components of flourishing, which does involve meaning and purpose, meaning dropped, uh, meaning didn't drop as significantly as other domains like mental health, physical health. So in that sense, I, I completely feel like we, uh, in our research and in everything, other studies that I'm observing, this idea of people finding new sources of meaning pretty quickly when there is a chance, when given a chance, it is a, it, it could hold true. So in, in our research, it's more the shift from work to leisure activities during retirement, or it could, you could think about it also the shift maybe from social impact to financial rewards of finding more meaning and satisfaction in financial rewards. So there is a lot of uh, compensation mechanisms occurring right there, definitely. Mm -hmm. We have talked about so many interesting future questions and I really mm -hmm. love the ideas that you have also in relation to physical activity and sports research. I really hope people will take it up and, and do mm -hmm. various things with it. And you mentioned that this journey for from the start of the research on physical activity and purpose in life was very bumpy and mm -hmm. many rejections and a long, long journey. So congratulations for finishing it. <laughs> it's wonderful to see the paper out. But so it's actually some time already that uh, since you worked on the topic. So mm -hmm. I'm just curious, what are the research questions and ideas that you are working on at the moment and which questions are the most burning for you where do you see yourself continuing your explorations yeah thanks so much for your good wishes <laughs> and uh, we yes so currently for me it has been I, I am pretty convinced by the sheer amount of evidence that we have on the benefits of purpose and meaning right now so i am most uh, passionate about finding out how we can design a society an organization a school uh even a family as an institution so how can we make all these different uh parts of our social life conducive to meaning and purpose so um that's pretty general but uh in general i'm trying to understand skills and strategies that we can use easily and also even scale up uh at larger uh to larger populations that can be used for um a meaningful life and also meaningful work and uh, one potential for me is just education because um i think there is uh, a really good opportunity there in how much we can structure our existing courses and developmental activities at schools, 
to teach people these skills, give them these life skills and strategies to design their life and also to help them understand the meaning and purpose in their life. Um, and for me, there are two things like reflections matter a lot, uh, reflective activities that we actively, persistently and in a socially supported way think about our lives and our the different activities and what do they mean for us? What do they mean for others? Uh, and I think if we can structure our reflections in the right way, uh, there's there could be a great potential of uh, finding meaning and purpose. And I'm teaching a course as well. I've designed a course aligned with this idea. Uh, it's a leadership course where people are thinking about who they are and how they want to make a difference in the world. And uh, this course has been, from, from what students say, has been really uh, life-changing or even work-like career-changing for a lot of people. It's just to have that space, a safe space, where they can think about their life and what do they want from life. Um, I think we need more spaces like that. And, and also we need to support each other, give, give each other whatever type of support we, they, we need to continue these reflections and to find what really is meaningful for us and for the world. That's, um, something that I think I'm, I'm probably most passionate about. And, and I would be again curious, like linking it back to exercise and activity. What are, what would be the health behavior outcomes or activity and exercise benefits of people leaving a reflective course like that or, uh, uh, where they find a new source of meaning in their life and new trajectories of how they can find meaning and how does that uh, have a ripple effect on uh, their exercise habits would be an interesting question as well. Mm -hmm. And also maybe reflect on the meaning of physical activity and how that contributes to, to their life. Like you said, that physical activity can be contributing to a sense of purpose in life. But so exactly for us to reflect on what, what it is that draws us to physical activity and what it gives us in this bigger picture of a good life yeah that is that is so true and uh and we shouldn't think that i i think um one one idea that i'm uh like thinking about is we we think there is only a certain way of thinking about life or activity but but these things change for example there was one uh study that came out during the pandemic showing that people started to look at exercise as more uh, a mental health uh like benefits of exercise have gained prominence so they were they started to exercise um more for mental health benefits as opposed to losing weight or gaining strength so this mm -hmm. just shows that the context and uh, what's going on in our environment uh, what are our most pressing needs uh, in a given moment uh, can shape the way we approach exercise or our lives or our work uh, for that matter and being more active and deliberate uh, about shaping these approaches these ways of thinking about uh, our life and activities could be a useful way to design a better life for everyone mm -hmm. those are wonderful closing words thank you so much for taking the time Aisha and all the best with your future research endeavors
Thank you so much, Nora. This was such a fantastic conversation with many ideas. I greatly enjoyed uh, sharing this space with you. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you use. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be a great help for us. We have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes, so be sure to tune in. Thank you all for your support and have a great day.